What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode 73 of your mom's favorite threesome. Actually, a twosome tonight. Another twosome episode. I got a twosome episode going tonight. It's Sam and I. We're uh, we're recording here on Thursday night, getting everyone ready for the weekend. Going to touch on a few different things. Unfortunately, uh, Antoine is not here tonight. He is in Jamaica. He's in Jamaica, so uh, F you. Um, the perks of having a stewardess uh, girlfriend. Yep, yep. I guess that, that plays pretty well, so uh, good for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to talk some sports, uh, get everybody ready for a weekend preview of what to watch and what's going on. Um, so we're going to jump around a few different places. So first off, what's going on, dude? How are you? Oh, doing good. You know, it's uh, it's our first Thursday episode in a long time. Uh, but you know, it's just been kind of a long work week. I know we've been trying to figure out a good day to do an episode, so perfect timing. Thursday's always a good one. Uh, no football on, so really no no sports going on. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. We haven't talked much about basketball, but we'll touch on a little bit of thunder here in a little bit. It is weird not having any football on right now. Mm-hmm. We went ahead and waited to Thursday to do this episode. Uh, we didn't want to record Monday because we wanted to get the, the Bucks cowboys game in first and be able to talk about that. Um, it turned out kind of the way I thought it would, unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, I was in – I got booed by a lot of people for, for my take. It was a great call, man. Um, but, you know, I had to go with it, man. I've watched too many Bucks games this year, and I just never saw them be able to turn that switch. Uh-huh. And eventually you are who, you know, you are. And that's kind of what happened here. And I guess a good starting sure. uh, yeah. spot from the games was Cowboys went in, and <coughs> the most entertaining part of that game was all the missed extra points. It really was. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it's it got to a point where it's just like, it, the jokes were coming out there like, has anybody checked Mars like phone records and his bank accounts recently? I mean, does does he have some? Does he know something that we don't? Something that, was up. It was crazy. If had he hit one of those, the over would have hit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy that you, you play into that too. Yeah. But he misses four um, consecutively at that. Uh, it was exactly what you think would happen. He overcorrected. It went yeah, from okay. left to right, <laughs> or right to left, I guess. Um, was but yeah. the Peyton Manning reaction to that third oh, bitch, that, just one of the that best? That was awesome, dude. Absolutely awesome. Twitter was electric while, uh, while this was all going on. There's so many great uh, memes and gifs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, – you're, you're right. It was the most entertaining thing. Um, I mean, as the game itself, uh, I think the one thing that – I think the reason why I think most of us – or at least me and Antoine, if you, I mean, ask for sure me. reason why I was taking Tampa over Dallas is because I trust Tom Brady, obviously, way more than I trusted Dak Prescott. And that might have been arguably the best Dak Prescott game I've ever watched him play. Absolutely. He was in total control. Um, he threw one ball that I know of that I thought was going to be picked. Other than that, he was accurate. He played um, he just played really poised, you know. Ran when he needed to, was uh, making big time throws. It was just really impressive. Yeah, I mean, five total touchdowns. He did it, whatever he wanted against that defense. I know at first it was kind of they were filling each other out. It's not much offense, mm-hmm. but yeah, once Cowboys got going, they got going and really stuck it to a, a Tampa team that hung around this season just enough because of their defense. Yep. 
offensively, it, it, it was so painful to watch throughout the entire year. Tom Brady just uh, not much time to throw. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell that he he's starting to get that. Um, I don't know, maybe a little nerve, uh, little nerves in the back of his sure. mind of trying to really release it quick. Because even on throws that he has a guy coming at him, mm-hmm. you could tell he's not getting his full body into it and everything like that, and already preparing it for a hit. It was just, uh, it was a sad season, uh, you know, I especially agree. under all the circumstances with Brady giving up his family for this. Yeah, no kidding. This um, is the season he gives up his entire family for. It's just, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I guess my my first thing we'll talk about the Cowboys in a second, but uh, more about Brady. Is this the last time we see Brady as a Buck? I think if Brady can't go out after the Rams game from last year, I just don't see how he can go out. Uh, this year, but I I do think it was and after that press conference, you listen to him talk. I do think this was his last game as a Buck. I see. I do too. I kind of get that sense. I, you know, the, everyone keeps trying to pin him to f- the f- Niners, but I'm like, they've got so many quarterbacks right now. Whether, whether you whatever you feel about Jimmy G and Trey Lance, I mean, obviously you got a lot invested in Trey Lance. Yep. Jimmy G is a, a good trade piece that they'll be able to get. Someone's going to take, uh, you know, a risk on him. Sure. And then you got Purdy lighting up the world right now. Guy who could literally lead you to a Super Bowl. How do you bench him after after that? Especially for an aging quarterback. I know it's Tom Brady, but I just don't think it's necessary. I think the only way it work, the only way that would work is if uh, Purdy is just fully behind, sitting a year behind Tom Brady. I mean, that's the only way it works, in my opinion, for the Niners. But um, Niners are actually a team I'm thinking about him going to. I mean, it's got to be the Raiders. I mean, what the Raiders have, uh, you know, with his connection to Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. which in part, kind I kind of think Josh McDaniels hasn't been fired yet because he might be able to pull off that move to get Tom Brady. Um, and then you look at the weapons that, that he would have. He would have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Oh yeah, Devonte Adams, yeah, that guy. And you, and here's the thing: you know Tom would take a pay cut if it meant getting Josh Jacobs back on the team. Yeah, I know. I agree. And you know, Raiders are obviously a name. Um, Dolphins are obviously a name. Yep. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Tua's health looks like going forward. How they, if he's going to be 100 percent ready to go next year, or if you know he takes time away from football. I mean, uh, we don't know. So I, I looked for that to be a possibility as well. Sure, because that is a team obviously good enough to make the playoffs. Definitely could have won a game had they had a quarterback. Uh, anytime you're trotting out Skylar Thompson out there to be oh, now, granted yeah. he played it okay. Yeah, we'll talk about the yeah. yeah I was gonna say we'll talk game about that game in a second, but. Um, you know, you had Tua in that game. They win that game. Um, I, I mean, the way I things really were going that. at that point, yeah. And like I said, we'll talk. We'll get into and we'll talk about the the Bills and yeah. that game and preview that. But um, as far as uh, Tom goes, I mean, and of course, Gronk also ruled out New England. I mean, because that was a talk that was just you know going around saying, well, what about a return to New England? And I just think that's that seemed far fetched to me, anyways. Yeah. But um, I agree. I, I totally agree. I don't think Tom's done, but I do think he will be playing on another team next year. Um, I know people seem to think you know they throw out because when uh, you know talking about the Raiders, you know another one that they talk about is like could potentially like could uh, 
Las Vegas potentially trying to make a move for Aaron Rodgers. Right. And those are, I mean, those kind of rumors. But again, do they, they want to take on like 48 to 50 million? Yeah. And, and a contract gear next year for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Aaron's not done because who passes up 50 million dollars? Oh, no, yeah. If he does, then, I mean, good for him, but that's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see it happening. But, uh, no, I agree. I think Tom's, uh, Tom will be playing again next year, but it'll be for someone different. Yep. I agree with that. Um, overall, Cowboys, Played a very solid football game. Got a great uh, matchup going back against uh, the Giants this weekend. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's just go through each game real quick, though, and give uh, just a little bit of take before we start giving previews. Sure. Uh, we can go back to Saturday, first game, 49ers Seahawks. Very competitive game at first. Yep. Seahawks were doing everything. Could not uh, Niners couldn't stop uh, DK. And, Purdy uh, wasn't playing well. Purdy was not playing well. That first quarter was pretty rough for him. That reminded me of Iowa State. That's the yeah, spot right. I remember. Exactly. And then uh, they just they were able to figure it out and pull away and looked like the Niners team that is just on a mission right now, man, and tough to pick against. Uh, yeah, I just they're just too talented, man. That, that you know, with Debo now healthy, with him and Ayuk on the outside, you got George Kittle uh, roaming the middle or even going outside, and then you got McCaffrey and then Elijah Mitchell. I mean that's just too that's too much. And a lot you, of firepower. <laughs> and then you throw in arguably, I think you can make an argument probably the best offense line in the playoffs for a playoff team. I mean it's just incredibly tough, and it's going to be a you know it was going to be a tough task for Seattle anyway. They did play a great first half against them. DK was a monster, um, but you know it's Gino was going to have to play a near perfect game, and when that strip sack happened, uh, that pretty much sealed. Big their turn, play. absolutely. Yeah. Gino made himself a lot of money though this year. I agree. Uh, you know, as a Seahawks fan, I can't, I can't imagine that you could have expected any more than what you got this year. Um, Gino, you, you know, you, maybe your your franchise quarterback now. You know, uh, running game has looked solid all yep. year. Um, so, you, and you've got a lot of uh, draft capital, um, a lot of picks, a lot of things that are going on here for the Seahawks. So, future's bright for them. So, nothing to hang your head on. No, I agree. Um, I think Seattle. Uh, this was the. This was going to be, I mean, I even if they had, say they didn't even make the playoffs and they, but they still put them position itself to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I still think that was going to be a successful season. Oh, for, for sure. Them. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, you know, it was, that, it was a great season for Seattle. Um, just a tough task against the Niners. But again, you're right. They got a ton of draft capital. They'll get uh, Geno signed up. I mean, I, the, the future is not dead in Seattle. No, no, for, no not at all. Um, 49ers, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next game um, here shortly because they, they showed me that they can kind of screw around a little bit and still figure out because to skill, still score 41 points like they did, it, it just, uh, just a beast, um, an absolute beast. I mean, the real question comes up now, are they the best team in the NFC? Right, yep, and I, I don't even think it's a question – that they're the hottest team. Yep. I, I think that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Best team. You know, you'd like to see an entire season to really get a feel on the team. But obviously they got um, McCaffrey, you know, on, only part of the season. Yep. Um, and that was a big part of obviously getting this train rolling is when you got a guy like that who can do it all, uh, really help that team get into the position that they are now. I mean, I think they still would have been really good without him. I agree. It's just he is a, such a difference maker, and they're using him exactly the way you're supposed to use him. And, 
you know they're they're milking it all out of him. But now here they are where I think it is a conversation you could say that they could very well be the best team. I mean, McCaffrey, when this season's over, I mean, they, he has to be talking with them about some kind of extension. Oh, yeah. He has to look at this as, like, for him, this is his best career opportunity. Yeah. Because, I mean, he he doesn't have to worry about doing too much, and yet he still can do everything that he, he has done in his career. And he's going to have help with Debo, with Ayuk, with George Kittle. And in this system, for a Callahan system, it's just perfect for him. So um, I I agree they're the hottest team. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, I'm not 100% sure that Jalen Hurts is fully healthy yet. I don't I don't think so either. Um, and you know what? It might have – the way it all plays out is a timing thing where mm-hmm. they might have the best team but aren't healthy enough to get it done because – they're going to have their hands full this weekend. Yep. Oh, they are. Oh, they absolutely are. And again, we're going to talk about – we'll get the preview going here in a little bit. Yep. And then we're going to talk about that game in a minute. But, uh, no, they are going to have their hands full. Yep. Let's jump to the Chargers-Jags game, obviously. Best, best game of the weekend. Best game of the weekend. Unfortunately, the game I did not watch no. <laughs> because I literally was watching and, you know, Chargers started just pulling away. And I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of what I thought could happen. Um, I guess that magic is wearing off on the you know the Jags run mm-hmm. is coming to an end and all that, especially after four interceptions in the first quarter. In the first quarter, man, I mean, just absolute brutal. And uh, however, Jags got it going again. Mm-hmm. Went back to their their identity of who they are, and uh, Trevor Lawrence was able to gain some confidence after the, you know one of those touchdowns. And then just kind of went from there and did what they've done on this little run. Let the Chargers do what they do and self-implode. And um, here we are. Just like that, Jags are moving on 31-30. And uh, what a comeback. I mean, that's really all I can say is what a what a comeback. I mean, yeah, it's it's unbelievable because you are you're looking at this and it is just like you're watching. And it's like this is the Chargers team that – we all expected to see mm-hmm. beginning of the year because it's defense, offense. They were playing good football, and then it just it just went to a halt. And then this is where the the complete coaching mismatch happened. I mean, once they scored before half, they couldn't uh, they couldn't uh, make any other opportunities. You know, to score any more points, and then you know, again, Trevor Lawrence. You know, kudos to him for having such like a short memory. Because um, after that first quarter, he was fantastic, uh, expect- and then definitely in the second half. And they just really capitalized on what the Chargers could not do, and they took full advantage. Um, the defense played really great. Um, they held the Chargers to – I mean, they held Eckler on the ground to 2.7 yards of carry. Well, the, I think that's the big story of the game here is had the Chargers had any type of running game, they win this football game. The problem is they couldn't run the football at yeah. all. And Eckler, obviously, great season. You know, uh-huh. did did a lot of very good things. But they once they started taking him out of the game, I mean, the Chargers literally just. I mean, Joshua Kelly fell apart. Get, Joshua Kelly couldn't even get anything going. Yeah, and, and I get that was the that was the the plan was to obviously take away Eckler in the running game mm-hmm. and, and really make um, you know the Chargers throw the football. And this is where I find myself, man. I'm telling you, I know it's crazy, maybe, but I'm still not sold on Herbert. I am that's, not I mean, sold on fair. this guy. I think 
he is the guy who can make those throws, do those things, but he's got too much um, – not enough to asserting himself in things. Mm-hmm. You know, not a guy who's going to take over the game. He's he's kind of becoming maybe just a game manager. I he's obviously a the one of, uh, the most talented game manager. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, is. like I said, he could he can make the throws, man. I mean, he really can. But there's too much firepower on this offense this year for them to have such a up and down year that the, the way they had. Well, here's here's the thing, and it's to tell you, and you know, if this was if we would have done this on Monday, I would have defended him more as the week had gone on. You know, I you know you you look stuff more over, you think about more stuff, and again, he does deserve his you know share the but most of the blame does belong on Brandon Staley and on the now f- former OC of the team Joe Lombardi. Yeah, but he does deserve it because here's the thing: if you're that guy, even when you're up thirty to twenty, you've got to go pick up first downs. Yep. You've got to you know you've got to make some things happen now. During the season, you know, you you don't have Keenan Allen for a good portion of that season. Trust me, I know. I had Keenan Allen on my fantasy team, and it was frustrating to watch him sit on my bench when he's not and constantly follow the updates. You know, Mike Evan or Mike Williams, who is a very talented receiver, but again, he's also another Mister Glass. Yeah. Um, but and so it it is tough. But again, if you're going to be that guy, you have to make those plays. Now, switching over to the line share the blame. Brandon Staley is a fucking idiot. Yeah, no, I I, he, I do agree. He is a fucking idiot. And here's the thing: again, when you have a game that means nothing to your season, it's a throwaway game. Why the fuck are you playing your starters? I needed reps, according to him. He's a fucking moron. Because he he loses Mike. You know what? Mike Williams in this Jaguars game could have been a big uh, factor. I honestly, I think if Mike Williams plays, they probably win this football game. And because here's the thing, the Jaguars actually do have a good run defense. Their secondary is not good. Right. This is where they could have really attacked their, uh, their the weakness on their defense. And Keenan Allen had a good game. I, I mean, yeah. the thing about it is, I mean, they could have got Keenan Allen the ball more. You were talking, yeah. And that fault that does fall under you know Herbert, but again, it also falls under because. I mean, I'm sure you've listened to. I mean, uh, PMT. They did break down a play where they have a third down play, and they run a screen. It's a setup, a screen that normally would be for someone like Mike Williams um, to do, but he's out, so his backup is usually running that play. But he's out, so they're running it to a third uh, third string receiver. Mm-hmm. That and it's and it's a huge play in the second half, and it goes for negative yardage. Yeah, I mean it's. It, no, the, the thinking of the offense aside is just – it was unbelievable just like – and the fact that they couldn't get anything you know, creative going in the run game. I mean I understand – you know, I mean Eckler is a great, is a good running back. I mean it's more passing game that he's a uh, threat in than, than on the ground. But at the same time too, you've got to get something going. Yeah, no, I mean they, I, like I said, Jags just did everything right in this situation because – I can't tell you how many times I've watched games. Once again, I always bring fantasy back into it because I watch a lot of these games for fantasy purposes. And Eckler, they just find ways to get him the ball, right? I mean, they just find ways to put the ball in his hand. He had two catches for eight yards. That's unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, the way they use him, they use those short passes almost like a run game. Yeah. And to completely go away from that, 
to not use it to allow him to be bottled up the way that they uh, that he was. It's just it's crazy, you know. G- uh, Gerald Everett, you know, another fantasy guy, yeah. has his best game of the year, and you know, a time where that you know, obviously they need more pass options, and they went to him, and it was successful. Mm-hmm. And and that's my point is like it, they've had weapons all year long, and I just don't know between Staley between Herbert. And Lombardi. Yeah, and Lombardi. I'm just getting away from what works. I mean, clearly Everett could be a mismatch as a as a big tight end. Sure, athletic um, tight end. Athletic tight end who, who you know, finds ways to get open in the passing game. Um, you know, Eckler, like I said, runs runs so well and catches so well that you got to get him the ball more in this game than, than they did. Um, th- Agreed. There was just, you know, like you said, Keenan Allen had a decent game, but I felt like they should have got him the ball more. It, it was just one thing after another. It seems like everything they did, and I get it. When it was twenty-seven zero. It's like, what more do you want? You know, we yeah. we did our part. We got defense struggled, but it was key first downs that they could not convert. Yep. That it ultimately lost them this game because they could have put them away, but they could not finish the job. Um, Obviously, I'm giving Herbert a pass this year because of the injuries mm-hmm. um, to the team and everything like that. But, dude, he to me, that, that leash is getting smaller and smaller of being like, maybe this guy just kind of is eh. He, well, and I think you really look at it. I mean, there's – I mean, Herbert – I mean, you go, you talk about a guy who goes from being, you know, quote, someone who could be a top five QB to now you're talking about him being in that maybe eight – Nine range, yeah. Um, but I mean, and I will, I do, I will say this: the defense, yes, got the five turnovers. They played really well for the most part of that first half, but they also are another side that has way too much talent. That at some point you would think that they would be like, the offense is struggling. Let's let's put our stamp on it and really shut them down for sure. And they really couldn't do it. And I mean, again, it's a thing where if the offense is struggling to get uh, any, uh, they're doing constant three and out, so you're back on the. I mean, you're going to get tired, but at the same time, too, that defense they've got way too many studs on that defense for them to not. Because I mean, that some of these guys were just one running way too wide open. Oh yeah, that Zay Jones touchdown. I don't know if there's was a guy bad. within like ten yards of. Him. No, it was bad. Um, so again, I give them. You know, I they don't get obviously they get the less of the blame here, but it should be noted that. For guys like a Joy Bosa, for a Khalil Mack, for a Derwin James, I know they've been missing, you know, uh, J.C. Jackson for most season, but you know their corners have played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, for them to, you know, uh, you know, not really step up when it mattered too. Again, that that is a, you know, a shot on them, and of course that's another shot on Staley because he is a defensive guy. Um, just a disappointing season for the Chargers because we. You know, we we talk so highly of them at the beginning of the season, and they have so much talent. It's going to be a big off season for them if they don't hit on some of these. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to be hiring a new OC. Mm. Um, you know, if they don't, you know, make you know some bit, you know right moves in free agency or in the draft, then I mean, I don't know. It's it's going to be one of those things where Brandon Staley next year really is going to be coaching for his job. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Up, Jags moving on. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Yeah, Bills Dolphins. Um, game ended up being a lot better of a game than we thought it was going to be. Yep. You know, Bills pull out early, mm-hmm. uh, get up, sit, what, 17-0, and just kind of let Dolphins slowly play back into this with field goals. It's like they just kind of sleepwalking. Yep. 
Exactly, and it was crazy to think that the Bills were actually losing at one point. Yeah, and the, I was like, "Are the Dolphins really about to mess around and um, you know win this what, game? Pull off the upset?" And what obviously would have been the upset of the playoffs. Yep. But uh, Bills are able to uh, get it done, get the win, and I think this time of year, especially in the playoffs, a win is a win, right? Mm-hmm. Bills played awful; they should have lost this game. Yep. I mean, they they were a. A long Tyreek touchdown away, or something like that. You know, a broken coverage from losing this football game to a third-string quarterback. Yeah, no kidding. That's not going to cut it. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to get that monkey off their back this year if this is how they're going to play. But they did get the win, so that's all that matters. They're they're uh, they're still pretty healthy, uh-huh. um, so they've got a lot you know to still play for. Just kind of, I think you just toss this game aside and go. You know what? We had a bad game, got the win. Let's focus on this next one and, and move forward and not really worry about how we won, but that we won. Um, it is a little shocking to me how they don't have to have a real sense of an intermediate passing game. Mm. Um, it kind of reminds it kinda, the, the game kind of reminded me a little bit of if it, to compare it to. It reminds me a little bit of like early two thousand or like the two thousand ten like Thunder. Where Josh Allen gets in this mode of playing a lot of hero ball, mm. it's a lot of deep passes, you know, or or bust, um, and then maybe that's where they're really working to get Cole Beasley more involved. Yeah, um, because this uh, that it that could be a big problem if they don't have a good intermediate passing game. And of course, this is another team that does not really have much of a running game. Yeah, and it's been better, but mm-hmm. but you're right. I mean, the lack of running game, uh, the the inability to have the short pass yep it, it really could be their achilles heel in this whole thing because they're going to find themselves in a position to where the you know um digs you know has a, a not a great not a superhuman game yep you know gabe davis doesn't catch the long ball mm-hmm. they could find themselves in a in a battle to where you know they end up losing because they can't get first downs they yeah. can't connect on the big play and they you know, Josh Allen, he can only be Superman so many times with taking off and running and getting those key first downs. I think eventually that they they're gonna he's gonna get bottled up and they're gonna find themselves in a in a deep hole. And then let's talk about you know the I mean the elephant in the room when it comes to the Bills is that Josh is you know Josh is electric. Josh is incredible. Josh turns the ball over way too much. Yeah, this season has been. Just insane how much he's turned it over, and that is not going to get done. It's not going to get it done this upcoming game. Yeah. If he play, I mean, if the Bills play like that again, uh, this upcoming game against the Bengals, then I mean, there's a good chance they they definitely lose. But uh, again, and I I'll say this: I do believe that they're missing Von Miller. Um, they mm-hmm. don't seem to be getting the same good point. Uh, you know, getting much of a pass rush. Um, Skylar Thompson had seemed like more time back there than. Uh, you know he should against you know the Bills, but uh, you know again I you know I do have a lot of faith in the Bills. Um, I do think this was a bad game, and sometimes you have to win. You know sometimes you do have to get the ugly W's um, in the season. But again they'll take it a W's a W and you know it's you're at a point now in the season where it's survive in advance. Yep, and uh, you know they did just that against Miami. Yep, got it enough to get the job done. That's all that matters. Yeah. Very interesting game this next week because let's go ahead and just jump to that game real quick before we get talk about the Giants Vikings because the Bengals who should have 
you know, probably lost that game. Yeah, could have had a uh, can't ever say a bye this time yeah. of year, but a very easy game as well. Struggled bad in this game mm-hmm. enough to where they're lucky, more, even maybe more lucky than the Bills are to have won. Um, the, obviously, the 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 return, the fumble return, yep. ends up being the key play in this game. Yep. And you start thinking, man, Lamar been out there. What does this game look like? I mean, it, this is you know, and of course, let's let's uh, mention this. This the Ravens defense was fully healthy. This is the this is probably the best defense that was in the AFC playoffs. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the Bills were missing Von Miller. They've been you know have had some injured pieces to that defense. Um, so this defense gave, you know, Joe Burrow and that offense all the problems, you know, it could have. I mean, they held him again to, uh, 17 points, just like they did in their, uh, week, uh, their, their, their first matchup of the season. Um, yeah, if Lamar's in this game, yeah, it, you've got to feel good about the Ravens' chances. And here's the thing. This was also the best that Tyler Huntley's played all season. Absolutely. Um. He played well. The, the problem was... And a few things, and it's now probably another reason why they're looking. They're another team looking for an offense coordinator, as Greg Roman was. They did part ways today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, their lack of receiving help, um, you know, and then not giving J.K. Dobbins more touches. I mean, you know, that if you know Tyler Huntley wasn't going to run the ball much, just give it to J.K. J.K. has been playing very well since he got back off the, uh, the IR. Um, give him more opportunities. You know, you eat more clock. You keep that Bengals offense off the field. Um, and again, you know, it does come down. To, it's not a Bengals offense that makes the play. It's the defense that made the play, and and they made it by just the skin of their teeth. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, you could you could make an argument that you know maybe you know along the way of that return there might have been a block in the back um, on a truly incredible. Hustle play by Mark Andrews. Yeah, no, he, he was digging, man. Um, I, I'm okay with the no call just for the that's record. fine. Yeah, th- no, no, no. I, I, you know, watching again, it is. I, I'm totally fine with it. But again, this is just like the Bills. I mean, the Bengals cannot play like this um, going forward. Or you know, if they play like this and say the Bills play their best game, the Bills are probably going to blow them out. Yeah, I want to say this: the Bengals just haven't. I've been a tough critic on them th- this year. You know, they end up getting it going and, and playing well. I think a big part of this is, boy, does something look wrong with Joe Mixon? He just has not been quite the same, really, I think, since his injury. I, something just seems different. I mean, obviously, the, like you said, healthy Ravens defense, it's going to be tough to run against those guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 11 carries for 39 yards. Yeah. Um, he just doesn't have that same explosiveness that he he did look like he had at one point this year, and just really a key part to this offense because he is a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. He is a guy who helps uh, take a little pressure off Joe Burrow because obviously they knew exactly what was coming. The Ravens defense they kind of let Chase get his. Yep. Right, and after that it just became kind of a just a little bit of a struggle bus. Because you start looking at this, I mean, obviously T. Higgins has been, you know, arguably could be a one on a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes four catches, thirty-seven yards. Just not never really a factor in this game. Yeah. 
Um, Hurst has really come on strong this year. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the second guy here, four catchers, 45 yards. But just nothing nothing about this performance looked like the the Bengals' offense was ever comfortable. And credit, and credit the Ravens' defense for that. But something just looked off. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it is about it. And you got two teams that looked off this weekend and the Bills and Bengals now playing this weekend. Yep. It's just which team can kind of find themselves, go back to what doing what they're doing, why the Bengals went on their hot streak, mm-hmm. why the Bills are the team going into this year being everyone was picking to win a Super Bowl. Sure. Which team is you know was able to kind of flip that switch and be who they are. Um, I think that's what we're going to really have to wait and see who can uh, make those adjustments. Yeah, the Bengals just really need to find that balance. I mean, you I mean, take away Burrow. I mean, you, the Bengals run between Pirine and Mixon. 13 times for 42 yards. Yeah. They no. have to find more balance because, I mean, uh, Burrow does it 32 times to their, like I said, to their 13 times. I mean, you've got to find a good balance between both the pass and run game, especially when you do have a dynamic back like Joe Mixon. Right. And a, actually a, a very good uh, backup in Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, you know, I was kind of going to say, like, Maybe P. Ryan needs to get some more touches. You know, I mean, he did very well to hold, carry that load while Mixon was out. And just maybe, a, you know, a different feel to the game, too. You know, Joe is quick, shifty, all that. Mm-hmm. P. Ryan's more, you know, patient, pa- yeah, patient and, uh, you know, can you lower his shoulder a little bit yep. as well. Let him maybe change the the speed of the game. And just kind of see what happens with that. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking this team just does not quite look like, um, I don't know, maybe a contender at this point. Well, I mean, I, I mean, in my opinion, I still think, and while I, you know, I mean, we're still we're talking about, you know, again, we're talking about a team that has, you know, they have both the, both these teams have both beaten who was the number one seed. So I do think they are a contender. I just think it's about one. It's about finding the balance in that offense um, that you know that will that gives uh, that does make that offense really hum. Mm-hmm. To the offense line's got to play better. Yep. And again, this also goes to again a credit of the Baltimore defense. It does when it's healthy is very good. Um, but uh, you know that offense line's going to have to play better. Uh, you know, Bro had four. They got sacked four times. Had a lot of pressures. Um, so going forward, they're going to have to play a little bit better. Uh, I mean, you know, that, this is going to be a tough sledding again for that run game against the, the Bills' defense. I mean, like without Von Miller, I mean, uh, Miami rushed the ball 20 times. You know, take away two rushes. To actually, take away that 16 times for really, so 30, it uh, looks like 34 yards. This Bills' defense is going to be good, and it's going to be at home. So, they're going to have to find ways to get that running game going, and they cannot back off of it. Yep. Because if they do, and they become one-dimensional, as good as Burrow and the, that that receiving core is, you know, you start becoming one-dimensional, and it uh, it just really starts to hinder you. Yep. No, I agree, man. Um, let's go to the next game, uh, Giants Vikings, man. <laughs> what a, what a game here! You know, a lot of people started picking the Giants there late in the in the week. Going, you know what? I really think they're good enough to pull the upset here. Um, obviously, Giants get it done, and we can finally put these fraud uh, Vikings to rest. Yeah, uh, a team that you know 
actually I can't remember if the stat actually ended up having did they allow more points this year than the, than they scored I'm uh so let's see here because I got the I got their standings pulled up I know they, they did okay yeah they are see, minus three in differential look at that man I mean this team once again like I said you watch a bunch of football and you know a bunch of these games you kind of understand who a team is right mm-hmm. I mean you play 17 games eventually you're going to kind of have a good idea what a team is the Vikings were all over the place. They were so many games where they could have, you know, one play changed the uh, the uh, the outcome of the game, and they end up getting on the right side of that many times to where, on paper, looked you know yeah. looked good in the in the win column. Yeah. However, you watch them and you're just like, no, they're not very good. They're just not. And I, it just seemed like the Giants and that grittiness that they've got. Um, you know Daniel Jones playing phenomenal right now. I mean, was this the the best performance by QB I, over the weekend? I, you know what, I I wouldn't hate that. I mean, the only person who I think can really argue against it is uh, uh Dak. Yeah, I mean, Dak, I mean that Dak, Dak's really the only that's one. That's actually that's a good point. I, it might be Dak just because of what he did. Yeah, but the way Daniel Jones commanded this offense, um, you know, obviously led the team in passing and r- rushing. Yeah. He he's just uh, very dynamic right now, and and a big threat to a lot of teams. You know, the running quarterback has been a problem for a lot of defenses. You know, key moments, those third and fours. You know, um, Daniel Jones has just found a way to kind of flip that switch a little bit and become a real playmaker here, mm-hmm. and it's taken a lot of pressure off a, a you know Barkley. Taking a lot of a uh, lot of pressure off his receivers, you know his the receiving core has kind of been the weak part of, yep. of this team. Something that I'm sure they're going to address in the off season. Absolutely. But you know Isaiah Hodgins has really come on strong. Um, you know eight catches, 105 yards, a touchdown. A big part of why they won this game. And the, but the way Daniel Jones is playing and have you know keeping the defense honest because he could take off at any moment. Uh, it's going to open up. You know, uh, receivers and, and they're doing a great job, man. I, I don't know I, th- this team. I really like this Giants team. I, uh, you know, you know, this is a big hats off to Brian Dable, who it's going to be a heated uh, coach of the year conversation mm-hmm. between him and Doug Peterson. Uh, he's just done an unbelievable job with Daniel Jones, and over these last few weeks, I mean, Daniel Jones is just really just. I mean, he's turned himself into what they need to be a franchise quarterback. Um. You know, with him and then Barkley being fully healthy now, uh, they've been just doing a great job. And especially, like you said, without having just like true, like, you know, top you know, receivers. I mean, they're winning with guys like Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, you know, tight ends like uh, Dave, Daniel Bellinger, and then, uh, was it, it, is Richie James a receiver? Yeah. Okay, so a receiver yeah. like Richie James. I mean, these guys, I mean, these aren't these aren't household name guys, and they're winning games, going on the road, playing big against these kind of guys in teams. So, you know, I mean, what, hats off to them, man. It really makes you wonder, like, had Odell gotten healthy this year and was able to play, you just kind of wonder, could he have added, you know, some help to this Giants offense? And had he gone back to New York and all that? Or it would have been too much of a distraction, because I really do believe. I mean, their defense, yeah, not, maybe not 
it's just good enough yep. to, to kind of get through. They make enough plays. But exactly. Would a playmaker have taken them to that next level with an Odell or would it have been just too much uh, distraction? Well, I think, I mean, even if, like, say, like, someone like, you know, obviously, we, in a little bias, if, say if Sterling Shepard has a finally a healthy season. Yeah. I mean, Sterling would, I Sterling is a, he a could point. be a, a good enough playmaker to really help out this offense. Um, I do think the Giants are going to, I think they need to go out in this offseason and really look for uh, you know a, a guy who can be a you know that kind of number one mm. um, because if they can have that to go with these other guys, I mean the, the this offense is a pretty potent offense. Yep. And of course, the key part of it is that if Saquon Barkley stays healthy, which by the way, as good as this offense played and as good as Daniel Jones played, next this upcoming weekend, Saquon's going to have to get more than nine tu- nine rushes. I, mean, I, I, I know I, he's got fourteen touches in the game, and that's great. But he's got to get more than nine rushes. I agree, man. I, that's the one knock I will go uh, on the Giants is not using him to his best ability. Dude, he was a top three running back this year. No doubt about it. And I know he got games where he, he, he got his uh, his fair share. Sure. There's a lot of games, though. I'm just like, how are we in the you know deep in the second quarter or even the third quarter? And this guy has a handful of carries. Yeah. Too many times that happens, and I'm just like, you gotta use this guy. I mean, you gotta understand what you got. And I, I know you're. It's almost you're scared to. That's, that's to, where I was gonna to go. Are you almost anything? a little bit afraid to overuse him? Yeah, but this was also a contract year. Yeah. To where it's like you might want to try to get everything you can out of him in case you don't sign him. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think I think it's a little crazy. I, I, they're gonna have to use him against. Uh, Against Dallas. Well, they're playing Philadelphia. Or Philly, excuse yeah. me, sorry. Against Philly. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, Philly's run defense is like the was, weakness of that defense. I was about to say, because at times this year, we've seen how bad that run defense is. Can they uh, you know, get in there and, and use that to their ability and uh, you know, find a way to, to pull off the upset? It's going to be tough. I, I, we'll obviously break that down in a second. But before I let the Vikings off the hook, I do have to say – what was this team missing this year to really have gone to that next level? Because everyone gives Kirk Cousins a lot of shit, uh-huh. and a lot of times, you know what? He deserved it. I, I'm yeah. not taking that away. Kirk played pretty good in this year, you know, in this game. He's he's been very efficient at times. That out of nowhere, he'll make an incredible boneheaded play. I understand that, but he's been pretty efficient. What did they miss this year? Because they went out, got uh, Hawkinson, which ends up being his best friend. You know, yeah, I mean, target he was great. wise, he was great. And that was a, he, that was a good call by you because you said, and of course, he did have a huge game against the Giants about was it about a month ago? Yeah, month ago. Um, yeah. I mean, really, you know, like I said, Kirk's thirty-one for thirty-nine, two seventy-three, two touchdowns. I mean, but the thing about it is that's going to get remembered is that on a fourth and eight, he threw a three-yard pass. The, the check down, well, yeah, we can't let that go because yeah. I, I get it. The, you know, in the moment, he just panicked and got the ball out, uh, dude. I, once again, I can only defend you so much yeah, here. Shit, yeah. I mean, it, this is the season on the line. Uh, everything's on the line for this one play, and your 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 first thought is a three yard pass. Like I just, I don't get it. I I do want to put pressure on the the OC here on the call. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta understand that that ball has to go to Jefferson. I don't know how you. It's a fourth and eight. When earlier in the season it's fourth and twenty, yeah, and Kirk just heaves it down to Jefferson, yeah, and of course now Jefferson does make the play of the year, 
But again, you go to your best guy. Yeah. You have to give it up to your best guy. And I mean, I know the Giants probably think it's coming. I mean, anybody, you know, that if, if that's the case, guaranteed, they probably have him bracketed. Which, by the way, if you do have that place up, someone else is open. Yeah, as I say, first, eight first, yards. first look, Jefferson, if it's really not there, you're looking at something maybe across the middle to, to a Hawkinson or, or someone else to keep the drive alive. But I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought the last few weeks they've used Jefferson terribly yep. and not the, as the best receiver in the fo- in football. Mm-hmm. Um, so very disappointing way to end the season, I think, for the Vikings. I think a lot of fans knew what they were dealing with, but at the same time, I, I can't think that a first-round exit like this is uh, is really, you know, was in the cards. I feel like we, how they, you know, thought this was all going to play out. And look, I'm the one who picked them to go to the NFC Championship, and then even then, watching them, I was like, this team feels like a first-round, like yeah. knockout. Oh, but for sure. Back to your original question: what they're missing. It's it's pretty clear it's defense. They they've got it. They fire their defense coordinator today. Um, they need to get a new defense coordinator there, and they need to get that defense has got to get shored up. Because I mean, again, we just sit here and talk about the Giants, the Vikings. All they need is that kind of defense with that with that offensive production. And I mean, the, they are a much better team. And we're saying that about a team that went thirteen and four this year. Yeah. I mean, so it's really about getting that defense shored up. Um, I mean, the offense, again, you know, Kirk Cousins will be back. They still have Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook is still there. Um, you know, you, I think it's time maybe to find a number two receiver because Adam Thielen seems to be kind of hitting the, that, that wall mm-hmm. as uh, in his career. I mean, is it K.J. Osborne or do you go get another guy? K.J. came on very strong at the end of the year. He really did. Um, and kind of put it, inserted himself as a number two conversation. I, I don't hate – Maybe looking for someone trying to trying to spark that up a little bit just to help take off a little pressure from from uh, Jefferson to stretch the field. I, but yeah, you're right. A def- defensively is really the way they got to go. And and you know, I mean, they, it seems like they've got pieces everywhere. I, I think uh, one of the things because clearly uh, you and I are both you know pretty big on this guy um, and clearly not getting the work that he needs. But Madison. Um, I think you find a way to trade him, get some pieces, and get some pieces. Yeah, get I some think pieces. that would be a great start because he's done. I mean, he once again, every time that Gal- Dalvin went it, uh, down, he was a great piece to plug in, and you almost feel like you're watching Dalvin still. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, I, but I, you know, I think it's a, a great trade piece. Use that, get some defense, and yeah, build for n- next year because. You'll be right back in it. I mean, there's too much firepower on that team. I mean, really. I mean, we're sitting here talking about them having a number two. That's really all that offense is kind of missing. Missing, yeah. Um, now the only pro- the only thing about the Madison, I do agree with that. They, I think it'd be a good idea to trade him. The only problem with it now is that this this free agency running back class is loaded. Yeah. So a lot of these teams that are looking for running backs, I mean, they're going to be out there. I mean, you talk about Saquon, Josh Jacobs is a free agent. I mean, the list goes on, so like it's going to be interesting. But I do agree. I think they need to move Madison. Maybe get some uh, get some draft capital, um, or maybe get some you know players that they can use uh, on that defensive side because that's really the weak link of this team is the defense. And if they don't shore that up, then I mean, this is exactly who they're going to be. Yep. No, I agree, man. Well, let's get to our preview. Oh, yeah. um, you know, obviously, all these games set the set the table for what is to happen this weekend, 
and it all starts with Jaguars, Chiefs. You know, Chiefs open up here. We got an eight and a half point favorite this weekend. Um, I, I think it's a lot of points. I do. Um, however, I just think at some point. Jags got to come back down to earth, uh-huh. and I think playing in a hostile environment like that that, that that they are about to play in, and the way the Chiefs just seem to be clicking, man. I, I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm still Team Chiefs on this one. I, I think Chiefs get it done, and I think they're going to end up covering that eight and a half. I like them by ten, um, which is what they won by. I think the last time the Jags lost was against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I think the game was twenty seven. Uh, 27-17. See, I, li- I like somewhere around that again. I mean, I'm kind of looking here. Um, you know, got 52.5 points here for the over-under. So there is expected to be some points in this. I, I like it probably like a, um, you know what, I'm going to go 31-21. That's Jeez. a good one. Um, I, uh, it really comes, look, it comes down to one, Trevor Lawrence can't play like that in the first quarter. Because they're not going to give up a big lead. The Chiefs won't. Um, it's going to come down to... I, for me, it's going to come down to the front sevens of each team. Because I think that's where, on for at least defensively, that's where the strengths for both teams are. Um, if It's going to be depending on who, which front seven can you know do the most, like, quote-unquote, damage. Mm-hmm. Whether it's QB hurries or sacks. Because, um, I mean, if, you give, if you're going to give Mahomes all that time, uh, then, I mean, he's just going to pick that secondary apart. Um, and I mean, if you know, with the we- uh, way those weapons are playing on Jacksonville right now, if uh, you know Chris Jones or Frank Clark can't get back there, um, then Trevor Lawrence is—he's going to pick that secondary for the Chiefs apart. Because as we talked about a few weeks ago, that's the weakness in this Chiefs uh, uh, defense. I think Chris Jones, because he's—I do—he's just having a monster year. I think Chris Jones is going to make enough plays. Um, an X factor really could be Travis Etienne. Um, because he is that he is the best running back out of both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this. I actually do think the Jags are gonna. I do think they're gonna cover. I think the Jags are gonna. I think they'll get. Clo- it'll be a close game. Um, I think the Jags are cocky enough. They're young enough, and usually, you know, it, it's those young teams that can really, you know, they don't, you know, they're that just that no fear. And of course, you heard, you know, um, I mean, you heard. Uh, Trevor Lawrence earlier this week say, uh, you know, that about the stadium being as loud. Now, granted, everybody doesn't believe him because everybody knows how loud Arrowhead can get. And Arrow, it's almost like you're, it's like you're challenging Arrowhead to get loud. Yeah. Um, but I do think Trevor's going to make quite a bit of plays. And if it's not just so much with his arm, but with his feet, because Trevor, when he needs to pick up yards, he will. Yep. Um, but again, it's, it, I just think the Chiefs offensive line is going to make, give Mahomes enough time and he'll create enough. I just think it's going to be too much, uh, too much uh, for that secondary to withstand. I'm going to say I'll say 31-24. Okay. I think uh, I think Jacksonville will keep it close for the most part. I think Doug Peterson is going to, uh, you know, uh, unload yeah, the kitchen sink in this yeah, one. Throw the kitchen sink in, and he's going to come up with some. He's going to come up with some good stuff. But unfortunately, I just think because he's it's happened here recently, I think he's going to come up with a play that unfortunately is going to backfire on him. Yeah, and I think that's what happens here. Um, my X factor in this game is Pacheco. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I think the deal is is Trevor turns the ball over maybe a couple times, and they're playing from behind. And the big deal is they can't get the Chiefs off the off the field mm-hmm. because of Pacheco. I think he runs the ball well enough. 
um, to keep some drives alive. Chiefs make enough big plays. I'm calling it right now. I'm going to keep going with it. Um, might look for a prop bet on this, but uh, McKinnon uh, receiving yeah. touchdown. I, I think McKin- I, you can make an argument that McKinnon might be the extra yeah, well, because he could do absolutely. And I think just the the differences and the reason why, like going back to why the uh, Chargers couldn't put the Jags away, is the running game. Yep. And I just think that they will be able to run the ball just enough in this game to 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 finish it off, and that's why Pacheco's my guy. But yeah, McKinnon receiving touchdown. Pacheco will run well, and uh, just too much for the Jag. The Jags' run comes to uh, comes to an end. But I mean, just just be prepared going forward. This team is oh going to be very dangerous. They're not going anywhere. Because uh, again, I it just I was just reminded of it the other day. This offense gets to add Calvin Ridley to it next year. Which forgot about that is completely insane. That is exciting. If they can re-sign Evan Ingram to go this, this I I think you can make an argument. This could be one of the best offenses in football. Oof, in, that's in electric, man. That's electric. Wow. Um, a lot of fun toys there. I will say, um, if by some chance, just say it had, I I'm not going to put it. I was this. I'm not putting it past the possibility of an upset. But if by some chance the Jacks do pull it off, then. If the Jaguars ever play on another Saturday game, yeah. then you have to put go all in on them because yeah. Trevor Lawrence just doesn't lose on Saturdays. Yep, yep. Thirty-two or thirty-seven and two in college, uh-huh. uh, and only one of those losses were on a Saturday. So pr- pretty great. Pretty crazy. He though he lost both his. Oh games no, they, on they, they, that's what it was. No, it was a Thursday and a Monday. I okay. think is what it was. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Thirty-seven and two. Never lost on the Saturday. Hasn't lost since high school. That's yeah. right. That's what it is. No, unbelievable. You're right. Hey, bet the house next time. Yeah. <laughs> so if they, if they pull. It yeah. Off. If they get this, yeah, keep it going. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next game, Giants Eagles. Uh, once again, um, I think on paper you look at this and you go, man, Giant or the Eagles are just a lot better. But we talked about the health. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm telling you right now, it would not surprise me if if somehow um, Daniel Jones can repeat that performance he did from last week against the Eagles. I, I think um, I think this game could be very interesting. Problem is, I just think that defensive line for the Eagles, I think at this time of year, I, the Eagles are going to score points, right? Yeah. They're going to score enough. That defensive line and what they've been able to do, the amount of sacks that they've put up this year, everything that goes into it this time of year are the teams that you see that make the deep run in the playoffs. Absolutely, yeah. The team that you're like, okay, this is a serious Super Bowl champion caliber team and why I've got to go Eagles on this. Um, I do like it pretty close. I think um, we it's going to tell us a lot to see the health of um, – Jalen and see what they look like because clearly a different team with, with uh, when he's healthy and then when, when he's not. Yep. Um, so how you know that's kind of a, a storyline to watch just going forward because obviously uh, you look at the teams that he could be possibly playing and it's you know they're going to need him to be all hands on deck and Jalen healthy. So um, I like this game. Um, man, I think. I'm gonna go. Yeah, forty-eight points here. I I like this game. You know what? I like it. Twenty-eight, twenty. Mm-hmm. Eagles. That's a good one. Get it done. 
and uh, cover the spread. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. Uh, yeah, Eagles. I just I don't have. I, I guess I just don't have it to pull. I mean, it would not surprise me if the Giants win this game. I mean, they almost won it two weeks ago. Well, if, if Jalen's not healthy, it, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. If uh, they almost yeah, like they almost won it two weeks ago, um, even with Jalen playing. Now, granted, again, Jalen's not. I don't think he's one hundred percent. You know, this is going to come down and again. This is going to be a need to be a game where Miles Sanders is going to have to have. I think going to have to have a really big game. Um, but yes, I just think that. Uh, the Giants are playing with a lot of confidence right now. I do think the Eagles are the more talented team, but they're going to really need to you know put their. They're going to need it early, early in this game. This first quarter is going to be very huge. I think if the Eagles just come out and just punch them right in the mouth in that first quarter, I mean that could be you know that be a big deal because they just you know come out and just insert your dominance. Uh, if you do that, then I think you can start you know knock it you know putting some dents in that uh, Giants armor mm-hmm. um, and start really making them, you know, making that confidence will a little bit. But if, you know, if you let the Giants hang around, I just don't see how, I just don't see any reason that the Giants can't win. But I just think the Eagles are going to be able to do enough to win the game. I, again, I'm going to say, I think the Giants are going to cover. I think this is going to be a close, good game. I'm going to say the Gi- or the Eagles win 27-24. Okay. There you go. I think, I think, Jalen will make some big plays toward the end, uh, set up a game winner, and uh, get ready to host the NFC Championship. Yep, I think AJ Brown's going to be just too much for him. Obviously, Deshaun or Deshaun, excuse me, Devontae, Devontae has been absolutely electric the second half of the season. Yep, um, but I think AJ Brown makes some big plays in this game, and it just ends up being too much for the Giants. He's going to be wide open at some point. I mean, it just always happens. I, I, I just think what's going to happen here is that the Eagles are going to be make the Giants throw the football a lot, mm-hmm. and that's where they're going to be able to force um, uh, that offense into some third and eights, things like that. And that defensive line for the Eagles can just pin their ears back and go. And uh, I just can't imagine Daniel making enough plays to, to win it. That's all. I, I think mean, Daniel will play good again. I do think, though, he'll make some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, it's just bound to happen, yeah. man. I mean, that like I said, this Eagles line has t- torn apart every offensive line that they've faced this year. Um, I just think it's in- inevitable that the same thing's going to happen here. And um, But like we said, Giants are moving in the right direction, man. This was a, f- a fun, entertaining team uh-huh. that are going to be able to make some moves this offseason. I think they re-sign Daniel Jones. I think they re-sign uh, Saquon and uh, look to add some pieces and you know move forward. Yeah, I know. And I mean, uh, you know, you get in the draft, you draft a, uh, you know, you get yourself maybe that number one in the draft, and you, uh, you know, you just you make things happen. Um, but again. When we come back next week, and if we're sitting here saying the Giants are going to the NFC Championship, not going to be a complete surprise at all. It would be a complete surprise. Just once again, I, I just really need to see Jalen and how healthy he is. And again, that. it's going to come down to is if the Giant. I mean, Saquon's going to have to have more than nine carries. Yep. He's going. To, I think he's going to have to have. I'm going to have to say he's going to have to get twenty plus touches. Yeah, I was thinking somewhere up there, nineteen, somewhere yep. in there, um, enough to really make his presence felt. Make yeah. sure that defense knows, you know who who that running back is in the backfield. So uh, Sunday's slate of games, obviously amazing, the best, um, the absolute best. Bengals Bills. We've been w- waiting for this matchup. Um, you know, another um, 
everyone thinks of um Right. Everyone thinks of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes wanting that rematch and everything like that. Yeah. But let's not forget who the king of the AFC is. Yeah. And it still is Burrow. Yeah. So they, they, I would say this game means a little bit more right now. Yep. And um, I'll tell you right now, it being at the uh, – actually, this being where uh, – It's in Buffalo. So it is in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The the matchup, um, whether and everything that goes into it, uh, being home field, I, I just I think the Bills are the more consistent team mm-hmm. throughout the year, enough to make them understandably the favorite here. Like I said, I had a lot of concerns for the uh, for the Bengals last week. Did not make me feel any better about them. Yeah, I think. Josh is going to make enough plays with his feet um, and arm, obviously, but with his feet to keep that offense on the field enough to where they're going to put Burrow in a spot where it's not going to – I will not be surprised if Burrow throws for 350, 375, Mm -hmm. something like that, of just trying to come back. I just think they're going to hit some big big plays here. Do what the Bills do and, and ultimately win this football game. Um, I I am gonna go. See, I, everyone's thinking a lot of points. I, I like a, a a closer, a lower scored game. Uh, Forty nine is the over under. I like somewhere in there. I'm gonna go. Oof. Um, <laughs> I am gonna go twenty four seventeen Bills. I, I mean, that's a good pick. Um, I it's you know it does have in my mind. It's hard not to think about that. Op- I mean, before the injury, that opening start for the Bengals against the Bills on that Monday night. Yep. Which they were just that's they a good before, point. They, they were having their way. Yep. They moved right down the field, scored, and then again before De- uh, uh, Hamlin gets hurt. I mean, they were doing it right again. Um, this is going to be a thing where they are going to miss if that pass rush for the Bills does not, you know, does not make uh, Burrow uncomfortable and get him off his spot and lets him sit back there all day. Any good quarterback is going to pick you apart, and with those weapons, I think he might do that a bit. Um, it's it, it being in Buffalo. If this was in Cincinnati, I think it'd be an easier pick to pick Cincinnati. Um, that being said, it's not like Burrow hasn't gone on the road and won big games and and uh, you know hostile environments. Um, I don't know. It, the, again, the biggest question mark is is you know the turnover, uh, the turnovers about Josh Allen. I mean, he has to he does turn it over way too much. If he can you know. Obviously, if he doesn't turn it over a bunch, then they then they have a great shot of winning. But it does it does make me afraid that he is going to turn it over too much. But this game is going to be huge. I mean, obviously, I think uh, Buffalo fans probably have a little, you know, anger towards Cincinnati fans because they've been complaining the last few weeks. I mean, Cincinnati fans do have some reason to complain, but. Being that it's in Buffalo, I just can't pick against my Super Bowl pick. I got to go Buffalo in this one. I am going to go high scoring. I'm going to say 38 35. Um, I think they're going to dethrone the AFC champs. 
Uh, and then um, I'm going to say this, man. I I think it, for me, and I I get I totally get why people are high on the Chiefs, but I just think whoever wins, I do think whoever wins this game is going to win the AFC. Wow. I think the winner of this game is. I mean, it's going to be a little bit harder for the Bengals, so they'll have to go in Arrowhead. Which, by the way, did it last year, so it's yep. not going to really scare them. Exactly. Um, I just think these are the two best teams in the AFC. I mean, it's very close, but uh, I think the Bills are going to pull out. It's being in Buffalo. I think will be the. I think that just that helps them. The crowd will be there. Will be hostile. Um, I like the Bills in this one. There you go. I know it's boring taking all the fa- you know the favorites and all that, but it's just man, it's and these are all great matchups, man. So it really can't go either way. But yeah, I I just I can't bet against the Bills. I no, it's just I do think the Bills. I mean, and I think the Bills know too. Again, I don't think the Bills are afraid of Arrowhead because I I know this earlier this year they went into Arrowhead and won playoffs. Obviously, a different thing, but the Bills know that hey, if we win this game. We don't have to go to Arrowhead. No, exactly. we get to go to Atlanta. Yep. and play in that game and play there um, in that dome. So it takes a little bit, you know, any kind of little pressure off them going into Kansas City. So um, I think Kansas City will be big Bengals fans this weekend because they'll want to play at home. So I think it's going to be close, but I think we are going to get the one and two in the uh, AFC playing each other. There you go, Cowboys and Niners, man. You know. Um, a lot of trust issues in Dak, right? He, but he responded so big he against did. the Bucks that now you got to really question and go: Is this Cowboys team really that good? Like maybe they are. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think it's the Cowboys of past. No, nope. I think that this is a different team, uh, a team that shows being able to. First of all, every time you plug Pollard in there, and you just continue to see why he's really the number one yeah um he's so dynamic yeah zeke has his moments man but he's really becoming the guy who's gonna go in there and pound the ball for three yards three yards yards, yeah yeah. the tough yards where um, pollard is able to shift and go um a very great piece uh schultz has absolutely come on so strong for this offense um I, i think between those two playmakers right there, uh, what CD has become. Yeah. I, it, they're going to have a lot of fa- firepower, man. I'm, there's no doubt about it. Unfortunately, once again, they're playing the hottest team in football. Yeah. The Niners, for all the reasons why we said that they were able to do what they did last week, uh, mess around a little bit and still win that game and score 41 points. Mm-hmm. Um is why I got to go Niners. Yeah, I think this is the end of the road. Cowboys, you, you are moving in the right direction. Parsons is an absolute animal. Um, I, I I do think that if they get to Purdy and really put some pressure on him throughout the game, not just for a quarter, um, would a upset surprise me? No, absolutely not. But. I just think there's too many weapons, man. How how do you go against what Shanahan's done with that offense? Yeah. Um, I, I got to take the Niners. I'm going Niners in this one. Um, people like this close. I, I personally think that if it's not – if Cowboys aren't careful, it could get ugly. Yeah. Um, I like this game. 
Oof. Uh, I'm going to go 30, 46 and a half. I'm going to go, man, I'm taking the over, man. Got to go over on that. I'm going to go 35, 17. Okay. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, I mean, you're right. Uh, you know, I, I was looking at this. I mean, Dak is basically, Dak is going to have to play again like he played Monday night. I mean, that's be a big reason how they can win. The defense, though, I just think the defensive front is great. They really are. With Michael Parsons, with that defensive line, you know, you just start, then you just really start sitting there thinking, like, these weapons that they have. I'm like, how, I mean, how are they really going to slow them down? I mean, you know, with Christian, just take Christian McCaffrey out of it. Take the running game. Say they slow the running game down. But then you throw Christian McCaffrey in there in the, in the passing game and what he can do. You know, Diggs is going to have to cover Debo. I mean, and of course, Diggs is a good corner, but guess what? Diggs gives up a lot of yards. A lot of big plays. I think the area that they can really, and the player that can really take over the game and give the, is their biggest mismatch is George Kittle. I mean, I can't think I can't think of one safety or even a linebacker on that team unless you put Parsons on him for some time that's going to be able to stay with him and you know one slow him down after the catch or even slow him down in the middle of the field. I mean, they, I don't know if they they have an answer for him. Um, and then if, of course, if he opens that up, that's just going to open up stuff more for Debo. It's going to open stuff for Ayuk. Um, and then of course, in the running game, you got to keep him on. You, They'll try to slow them down, but then keep them off with the running game. I mean, if they get to Purdy and they can start, you know, getting in his head, give him happy feet, then I do believe that Iowa State, Brock Purdy will start showing up. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant will start showing up. The guy we we know that can make plays but can also turn the ball over a lot. So, uh, but I like the Niners in this game. I just think it's not for a lack of, like, trusting Dak. It's just I just think that Dallas, while talented, I just think the Niners are just more talented. They and the one thing that they also have is a great offensive line. Uh, so I think they'll be able to you know make enough plays. I think again it's just one of those things where I think the Niners could pull away late, like you're saying. Yep. I I like the Niners in this game. I'm going to say 35-21. There you go. Well. I mean, it's going to be a great slate of games this weekend. I agree. Really, I'm excited to watch this. Um, let's let's let me just go ahead and ask this. Yep. Give me your best. Uh, you know, give me your best like line, which you like the most, and give me your best over. Okay. Over or under. Um. Well, I mean, to me, to me, this. Niners Cowboys game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that. Yeah. I mean, like, even if I'm wrong on the score, I think Dallas ends up being the team that scores a little bit more in that, and it yeah. still hits that over. So, forty six and a half. I'm taking that. Yeah, uh, I like the over in there. Last two short to bet the under. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, I mean, that's the biggest upset or the biggest. Um, well, yeah, what points-wise upset would be would be in that game, too, at uh, San Francisco being minus four. But I'll go another game as well. I'll go um, – I can't trust that. I can't trust that. I, I'll go in the Chiefs. I, I think if the Jags just arrowhead, the stage might be a little too, too much for them sure. at this point. Like you said, 
they're not going anywhere. They'll be right back next year playing real top-notch football. I mean, that division is theirs for the team. Oh, for sure. For, sure. for the future. Yeah, I mean, Indy doesn't know who their quarterback's going to be next year. So, yeah, that that division is wide open. Um, but I, I think they could get lost in the moment, and the Chiefs can really shine. So that 8.5, I can really see that being no problem for the Chiefs and them covering that pretty easy. There you go. Um, I do like the so sticking with the Chiefs game. That's my favorite. I'm going over. I think it was that 52 and a half. Yeah. I think I think that's where a lot of points are going to be scored. Um, I think I said I think I said that game was going to be closer. Uh, um, I think I can't. What I just picked it at. I think I said I went 31 21. You you went 31 24. Okay, so that's 52. Yeah, I definitely think that it could be more than that. I mean, whether it's the Chiefs scoring more points, um, but I definitely think 52 and a half. I think betting the over on that for me is my favorite. And then the line, I'm gonna stick Saturday. I think the Saturday seemed to be the best. I like that. I like the Giants in that seven and a half. I think rival. I think rivalry game, division game matchup. Um, we don't know fully how healthy Jalen Hurts is. Um, I like the I like the Giants plus the seven and a half. There you go. Yeah, that that makes sense for your your narrative there. So, yeah, um, yeah dude, great great weekend of football. I can't yeah. wait. To uh, speaking of football, yeah, the end of college football was uh, not very exciting. It was um, a thud. We were all, I think, you and I both, just for the, what OU's put us through this year. Um, we're ready for college football to end. Uh-huh. We were pretty excited about talking about the national championship last week. You know, uh, Preston might have put a last second um, bet <laughs> in on TCU. Um, you know, I almost took a money line, but I only I took him plus five and a half. Um, if you don't remember listening a couple weeks ago, we watched the beginning of that game, and you could hear like Preston just. The betting side of Preston just kind of slowly died. Just slowly lose the will to lose. First, like five to ten minutes of that game. Yeah, no, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. But um, no, they like I said, uh, they uh, college football comes to an end. Georgia just an absolute just freight train um, just destroys TCU uh, and what is a national championship. I have not watched. Very few minutes of one until uh, that till this moment. Like yeah, same. I, I, I switched that game off so quick. Basically, I don't think I watched probably another five ten minutes maybe after we stopped recording. But that was really it. Yeah. I mean, it was really that bad, dude. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, obviously, I think there's a few things that went. Um, you know, TCU not having their their running back. Yeah. Um, there's just little things that you know they didn't have room for error. And the moment they made mistakes, it was over. I, I mean, mean, Max Duggan obviously did not play even close to his best game this year. Let me ask you this. Because, I mean, look, let's be honest. I, Georgia, I think, was just head and shoulders better than TCU. Yeah. No, uh, no. And I, we, I wanted – I hear no admit, I do want to get credit to TCU for their season. But Garrett Riley, about – was it a week Maybe four or five days after the national championship gets announced, he is now the new offense quarter at Clemson. Which, by the way, I think that's a good hire for Clemson. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, uh, do you? I technically, I kind of think this might have been in the works before the national championship game. Hmm. Does this? It. I mean, does I mean for at least for him? Does this kind of? 
I'm not saying he's like throwing the game or anything. I don't think he would do that. Uh, but is this like a distraction for him? Do you think that uh, possibly? 100%, man. I mean, if you're thinking about changing jobs like that, I, I think it's just human to to be distracted. Um, offensively, they looked awful. I mean, we thought at least if Georgia won this game that TCU was going to at least be able to score a little bit. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, they've had a very um, very nice offense all year long that in Big 12 offenses have shown that they can score in SEC defenses. Sure. So there was no reason to believe that that defense was just so good that they couldn't score on. I I think the game plan, yeah, there might have been some questions of you know where were their where was their head at, um, especially losing their running back, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to write a new game plan, uh, looking at that. But they play, dude, they play a hundred times. I mean, you know, TCU might win a couple. Yeah, and that's how dominant. Georgia looked. Um, was know, the worst thing that could happen for TCU too that Ohio State played them that close? Well, yeah, of course. Um, it really gave them maybe some false hope uh, of being like, okay, well, may- maybe we really can you know play with these guys and and you know, I I just it was very disappointing to see, but ultimately it, it's kind of what was. In the work, I mean, you could kind of see the writing on the wall that Georgia was going to finish what they started. Yep. Um, I, if I had heard Kirby Smart's uh, uh, pregame speech before, I would not have made that bet. Yeah, no kidding. That 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 freaking speech was uh, gave me chills. Um, but once again, I'm just ready to. I'm so ready to see this season and. Recruiting ended up pretty damn well for OU. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What we're doing with the transfer portal, everything has just been really good. I'm like, let's just get this season behind us, get to next year, and let's let's get after it, you know. And so I don't want to touch too much on college football. We just had to talk about that for a second for the national championship, obviously. Uh, But really what we wanted to discuss before we moved on was maybe a little way too early uh, top fives. You and I kind of discussed this today, um, and what we wanted uh, to go. I, I think at least um, you know three or four of these schools are pretty easy. I think you and I are both going to have probably yeah. looking at the same. Um, so, I, I do you want to go ahead and start and give me yeah, give me yours. Um, let's go. Yeah, let's because this was. I mean. Yeah, and so and I might. I mean, obviously, I think we're somebody on some. Um, for me, I'm going to go number five. I'm going to go to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I just think, and look, we all we always say it, they don't. It's not a uh, rebuild. It's always a reload with them. But I mean, they lot. They are going to lose a lot uh, this off season um, with the draft. I mean, they Bryce Young and Will Anderson are just you know the points. I mean, you know, I don't think we. I don't think we really even covered how much Jameer Gibbs, how important he was to that offense this year. They lose him to the draft, so you know it's finding that next running back. Um, you know, the I mean Jalen uh, Milrow, he stepped in for Bryce Young a little bit this year. We saw what he had, but you know it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I again, I don't ever, bet, I don't want to bet against Nick Saban, but this this team, I think they're a big question mark this upcoming season. Uh, number four for me is going to be Florida State, the team yeah. we played in the bowl game, uh, and a lot of it is. Because they're bringing back everybody. 
They 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 had no one leave early for the draft. Um, they also hit very big on the uh, transfer portal. They hit some really big key guys in the transfer portal. I think this team's going to be really talented next year. I think this is finally kind of that year for Florida State um, to where, yeah, I think they could really uh, give Clemson a run for their money for that ACC title. Um, number three for me, uh, I mean, it's going to – and I went back and forth on this one. Number three for me is going to be Penn State. Wow. Um, I was very impressed with Penn State in that bowl game. I mean, they don't have to worry about Sean Clifford being there anymore. He's been there for 15 years. He's finally gone. Um, they got a very talented guy behind him. Their running backs are going to be key. They might have the most electric running back duo in college football with Nick Singletary and then uh, Keytron uh, Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them were great against the team, and they've recruited really well. Defensively, they've hit a lot of key uh, parts, and they've done well in the transfer portal. I think, I think you can make an argument. I mean, obviously, I haven't talked about Ohio State. I think Ohio State's got a lot of question marks. I think they're kind of, for me, in that 6-7 range. Um, but, I mean, the the top three in the Big Ten next year, I think, is going to be a three-headed monster, uh, which leads me into my number two, which is going to be the Michigan. Uh, Michigan has made it very clear they want to get back to the playoffs because they feel like they have unfinished business. Um, they're also the only team – or the, no, there's the, there are only two or three teams of, of the five – uh, two of the five teams that's going to have a returning quarterback yep. with J.J. McCarthy. But they're bringing back Blake Corum. They're bringing back Donovan Edwards. They're bringing back Cornelius uh, Johnson. Uh, they did lose their tight end, so that's going to be one key playmaker on offense. But they've done really well in recruiting. They're bringing back a lot of that offensive line, a lot you know, defensive parts. Um, this, te- uh, this team could be real. I, to be quite honest with you, and I, you know, I haven't looked at their schedule yet, but this team... The Big Ten can be very scary good in the Big Ten. Um, but then it leads me to my number one is, you know, I got it, you know, until they get knocked off, they're number one, and that's Georgia. Two-time defending champ. Yep. The And for me, really, they'll have some pieces that they this they feel like they are now the team that does. I mean, clearly, they're just going to reload. Yep. Um, the biggest question mark clearly is going to be at uh, quarterback replacing Stetson Bennett. Um, be interesting to see where they go there, um, but I mean, offensively they're going to have be good at running back. They've recruited well at wide receiver, and they did great in the transfer portal. And then defensively, they're going to be stacked. So, yep. No, I mean that's a that's a great top five. Uh, a little different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I, I do give you credit there. Um, I'm going to start with Tennessee, number five. There you go. Um, I obviously, eleven and two this year. Did a lot of great things. Um, Got some good key pieces coming back. Done well recruiting and in the portal. Um, you know, including their now number one recruit. Yep. Uh, you know, jumps in uh, above Arch there. Do uh, Do you think uh, now is I mean is Joe Milton gone? I mean Joe. Is yeah, he, I think so. Okay, yep. so I mean, they, is he just going to throw? Do you think Josh just throws Nico in there? I mean, apparently he's sheesh. already been. He's been there practice. He's already he's been in campus. Yeah, he's been practicing. I'm just wondering if he just goes ahead and throws him into the. It's starting fire. to sound that way. Uh, that's kind of where, which is scary to think of a, a true freshman like that getting in there. But I mean, Josh's system really showed what uh, what you can do. I mean, Hooker don't take anything away from him. I think he's a really a good quarterback. And yeah, had a incredible we'll, year. We'll be playing on Sundays, but um, but 
I also think it could be a system where we're going to see a lot of this from Tennessee for years to come. Yep, I agree. And so I like them at the five, four. I got to go Ohio State. Okay. Um, I still I know there are some questions. I mean, I, anytime you lose your your uh, Heisman candidate, C.J. Stroud, uh, receivers. I mean, there's a lot of key pieces, but they just seem to be that team that does reload in the Big Ten. I mean, I think there's it's still gonna. Um, they're going to have a say in how the Big Ten all plays out, yeah. right? And I just think that it's they're good enough to hang in there. They're going to be in the playoff talk. They're going to do all that. So I think you got to really consider them as a top four team yep. and why I throw them in there. Uh, number three, and I, there's a lot of respect here, and it's close to, to changing some things. But because of the way I gotta, I'm going to go about it, uh, Michigan's number three. I, I think I think they're very good, and I think this unfinished business thing and this chip they're going to play next year with the chip on their shoulder, um, and I think that's going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. And and so I do believe they they are a top uh, four team now. I really believe in what they're doing and, and key pieces that they're going to have. There's no reason why they can't run the table again and get right back into the playoff. So I've got them uh, number three. It's where things get a little tricky, boys. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I hate to do this uh, because it does go against a lot of things I believe. But at number two, I'm going to the Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. Uh, I know back to back champs. The, I, like I understand all that, dude. But I, I think a lot of people like to joke about like Stetson, Stetson Bennett being such an average quarterback and like all this stuff. Dude, I think he meant he was the perfect quarterback at the perfect time with this to where if they had a more normal quarterback, a more what we've kind of seen from Georgia over the last few years, yeah. to where it's that guy who just can't make the big play and or finish, uh, you know, the defense has played really well, but they need one good offensive drive. One of those guys who haven't been able to do that, I think Georgia is not the two-time uh, champ. Yeah. Uh, So I I think replacing him is going to be huge, and I think that's why they maybe take a little step back. Uh, Like I said, things like I said with Tennessee, uh, I think is going to be really good. So I I think Georgia just finds himself with a one or two losses next year. That uh, to me, I I just don't see them being the same Georgia team that we've seen the last two years. However, I do believe that they have set a, a new standard of what college football is. And, um, I, I mean, Kirby's probably going to make me eat my words on that. So uh, I'm okay, though, with put them at the two because I think Alabama's the number one team. Okay. Uh, I think what we've done is we've really pissed off Nick Saban. <laughs> and Thanks, he, David Pollard. Yeah, and he is absolutely out for blood and that Alabama will be a unstoppable force next year uh, that really um, – shows up and really becomes hey you guys no one forgot about Alabama but I think there is a ego there of not being talked about as the top guy uh, is getting under Saban's skin because he recruited his ass off yeah. this this year and really hit the trail hard and that's something we haven't seen over the last few years and they've still been who they are I think everything they put together um whether it was through the portal, whether it was uh, recruiting, is going to be enough to really get this team to um, 
to play with that chip on their shoulder as now they're playing as the number two instead of the number one. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the big difference, man. And I, I think that uh, Bama is going to be your number one team. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's a great top five. And I'm not arguing against that. I mean, Alabama, but, you know, I put them at five and it almost, I almost think Alabama would want that because everybody is, you know, they're looking past them. They, they believe Georgia is this new standard, which I mean, to be fair, they are. But, I mean, it feels like Saban can play with that chip on his shoulder, and that could be very scary oh, for, sure. for the rest of college football. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see where they go because I still don't think they have found it. You know, maybe they have in recruiting. I don't know if they found that, uh, you know, that stretch the field type receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, quarterback is the big one, and, you know, running back. I do think – Running back is not going to be much of an issue because I think Alabama is going to get stud running backs. Yeah, they just find a way to make it happen. Yeah, but um, it's just going to be interesting. Now they are going to have to replace their defense coordinator. They're going to have to – good chance they might replace their offense coordinator, which unfortunately rumors out there. It's kind of scary thinking about that. I know. I was um, about to say that. Um, but uh, it's going to be very interesting what Alabama is going to do. I mean, the the scary thing is that we got you have a guy like Jim Leonard out there from Wisconsin available to take a new job, and he could just fall right into Nick Saban's lap. Which I think Jim Leonard and Nick Saban could do a lot of scary stuff on defense. Um, now on offense, I'm you know we'll see. I don't I didn't want to go there right now, but uh, I, that's a great top five. Um, I'm going to ask. Just give me one. Just give me one team that would be outside that five. That you think could definitely be making that push next year, outside of that top five. Just, just one team outside of that top yeah. five. You know, I mean, I, there's a couple schools here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go, and I, you know, I'm obviously very anti this. So I know, but I, I know. gotta say USC. I know you. Um, I think this was the year they take that next step. Um, where I was like, I didn't have high expectations for them. This past season, where I thought year two was going to be really good, and year three is really when they're like uh, insert themselves. But I think this is another big step. I think they're ahead of schedule. Caleb Williams. I mean, anytime you're returning the Heisman Trophy winner, who clearly was a uh, a, the best guy on the field when he took the field, um, they've got to be in consideration. I know that. I don't know if Grinch is the man to turn that defense around, but boy, with all the national talk about it now, I mean, he it was already bad enough at Oklahoma, but yeah. people kind of it just it didn't matter who the guy was, you just kind of associated Oklahoma as being a bad defensive team yeah, no in kidding. the Big Twelve and all this, and now that it's on a national spotlight that like USC has been, I think they're able to maybe tighten up some stuff to where they're going to play a little bit better defense this year yeah, and uh, are going to be a forced, um, you know, it, not just in the Pac-12, but in, in the playoff. Um, I think they very easily can make it in. Um, I, I like that, but, I, you know, I, I looked at a couple different schools here. You know, Notre Dame is moving in, I, in an interesting direction. They're going one of two ways here, yeah. right? We were really everyone was super excited about them when they made the hire. Uh-huh. You know, I was like, you know, we're you know we're not going to miss, uh, um, oh Chip Kelly. Yeah, you know it's fine. We've got our guy and everything. And then they go nine and four, and you're like, I don't know. 
I like them to make a big jump this year. I think recruiting-wise, they did really well. They've added some nice pieces in the portal. I think that if they are one of those teams that go from a nine and four to up there in an eleven and two, um, you know, possibly looking at a twelve and one, it would not surprise me. Yeah, because um, I was almost going to say the same thing with LSU. Yeah, um, I do really like what Chip Kelly has done with LSU. Um, yeah, well, Brian Kelly. Brian, I'm yeah. sorry, Chip yeah. Kelly. Yeah, no, he, I know. Brian Kelly. Which, you're right. I think UCLA is going to be yeah, pretty good right. next year. You're right. Um, Brian Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Because uh, LSU finished the year very strong. You know, uh, a 10 win season after a new coach and, um, you know, losing a lot of players the way they did. I think LSU is a team to really think about, too. It just, that SEC is so stacked that, you know, it's just tough to really make a quick move like that unless you have, like, an exceptional, you know, um, transfer uh, group coming in or, you know, recruits who can, um, you know, really make a difference day one. So, um, but yeah, I mean, those are a few schools. Clemson was kind of right there for me, too. I think that. They can easily get right back to um, being the dominant team there, but I am scared of a Florida State. I, you know, there are a few different schools there um, that are moving in the right direction as well, and I think that's why it was such a big hire for Clemson to do what they did to go outside of the uh, the what the norm was for Clemson to go outside of the high just hiring up and then yeah getting exactly. a Garrett Riley exactly so um, I like those. I am gonna my next line. I mean, obviously, I mentioned Ohio State would be there for me. I think Ohio State, obviously, they did a great job recruiting um, as they always do. Uh, the transfer portal they've done well. Um, it's really going to come down to the quarterback position, and then how Jim Knowles goes from year one to year two into that defense. He's got all. He's got a lot of pieces, including that defensive line. Um, it could be really scary. Good. Marvin Harrison Jr. still there. Um, that wide receiver core is going to be good. You know they've rec- they promoted Brian Hartline to receivers coach to OC, so that's going to be interesting. Um, I I'm going to stick. I like stick, going to Pac-12. I'm going to stick with another team in Pac-12. I'm going Washington. I I, I thought about that too. Eleven and two, Washington. Uh, Michael Penix is back. Um, they bring a lot of that offense back. Um, I think they they uh, just their schedule from what I saw they get Utah and uh, Oregon at home. That's nice. Um, I just think Washington's moving in the right direction, and it's one of those teams where I'm like, this is a dark horse playoff team. Um, I like Michael Penix a lot. Uh, I think uh, that offense is very dynamic. I think it's only going to get more dynamic in year two with him at the helm. I like Washington, man. I think, I mean, if I was going to say, I mean, early prediction, I mean, obviously it changes when we do, until we do our college one. Or, but I would probably have Washington as my favorite in the Pac-12 right now. Um, and then, but yeah, Ohio State and Washington, I think, would be my next two up. So um, I like that. I do like the LSU pick, though. I yeah. think LSU is doing a lot of good things. There you go. Well, obviously we'll touch more on college football um, later on. Um, you know, it... We need almost a break, you know. This, this feels like this should be the end of our college football talk. Exactly. A nice little break. Let everything kind of calm down. Let all the transfer transfer portal stuff. I'm so tired of all that. I It's just such a nightmare. I mean, it is interesting to think about Florida, obviously, losing their quarterback yeah. because the NIL deal fell through. 
Um, so I like little juicy stories like that. But overall, man, I'm just like, let's get through this, man. Let's just get to next year and get this past us. But and unfortunately, college football is. I mean, it is now turned into a twenty-four. I mean, a three hundred sixty-five day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, speaking of juicy stories, I mean, Spencer Sanders is now at Ole Miss. Absolutely, they just brought on a five-star former recruit from LSU who who left there and committed there. They have Jackson Dart. I mean, I mean, in your opinion, do you who do you get the edge to in that they're Dart or Sanders? You know, I just. Unless we don't know something that they're just really over Dart, um, I I thought this was a really crazy move. I had to like double check it because I was like, "Isn't Dart still there?" It, yeah. yeah, aren't aren't they recruiting quarterbacks? Like, I, I just was really confused because I'm thinking you got one year left. You're gonna go play. You're if you're going somewhere, you're going as a starter. Yeah. Why would you go and sit somewhere? So maybe there's more to this than we don't know. Uh, you know that maybe there's some promises behind the scenes that he's going to get that. It's his job to lose. Maybe I just I don't know, man. Very surprised to see that. I was I was, I was very surprised to see it too. Not gonna lie. Um, I thought Auburn was probably going to be the team because I think Auburn probably fits a lot more what um would be which has been a better fit for Spencer cuz i mean he does go into that i mean he, the only conversation you have is Robbie Ashford and i mean let's be, let's be i'll be honest i mean as much shit as i give Spencer Sanders there's a, there was a lot of times especially before he got hurt Spencer Sanders played really well um and definitely i think he's definitely better than Robbie Ashford i mean i do think he actually is a little bit better than Jackson Dart um but it's going to be interesting there you know i was listening to another podcast someone brought up another team that he should have probably really considered, especially now with the way things have gone, is why didn't he just why didn't he check with Florida and see about Florida, especially after all especially the, the Rashada stuff that's yep, gone down. Good point. Um, but again, it's going to be. I, I don't know what Lane's doing. I don't know Lane's plans. Um, but I don't know. It's it's very interesting because I mean, if we're just going off what I think talent wise, I think Spencer's going to end up being the guy. But with the knowledge of the offense that Jackson Dart has. And he'd be in his second year in there. You almost have to give him the early edge because he knows it. And I mean, it's not like Jackson's not a talented guy. Right. If he can make, if he can shore up the mistakes that he made this past season, then it's going to be tough for Spencer because I don't think you go to a place. I agree with you. I don't think you go to a place to be a backup, especially when it's your final year. So I'm saying, man, really weird, really weird um, to see how it play out that way. I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, that that should do it for college. Um, something we haven't done anything yet on, and I know you were really excited. I, could, I saw your tweet the other night about watching. Yeah. So I know uh, this has been on your mind. So we will do an episode to really break stuff in. It is about that time of year to really start talking about it. So you know we're talking about NBA um, and that what the Thunder are doing. Um, I do want to say this before I let you go uh-huh. um, on uh, on your Thunder. Little uh, tirade. Yeah, tirade uh, is they are having a very good January so far. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this. You know, the bad loss is probably to the Magic. Yes, um, but the know, Magic are are a. Uh, I mean, the Magic are you know obviously they're better than what they have been. Yeah, um, they're obviously going all in on all their young guys. Yeah, their young guys are going through growing pains, but they're also like Banchero. That dude's. Gonna be a oh, stud. Yeah, absolutely. But to open up January with a hundred and fifty point, <laughs> uh, uh, hundred fifty 
50 points on the Celtics. Yeah. It's a great way to start the year. But, yeah, I, I have not watched the game yet. I'll be the first one to say it. That's fine. I, I, I've, I mean, I've seen it on, you know, a little bit and stuff like that. Seen a little bit of Shea, but have not really watched the Thunder yet. Um, tell us about it. Tell us what's going on and kind of what, what people can expect. Well, right now, I mean, you look at it, and, I mean, the Thunder are just – they've won 11 of their last 16. It's this this group is just really gelling, and they're just a lot of fun. I mean, you I mean going through it. I mean, you mentioned yes that 150 point game against the, the Celtics. Oh, by the way, the number one team in the East, the team that you know plays on what probably is the best side of the basketball right now in the East, which would be the East side. But I mean, you go into that, and then you beat up you beat the Mavericks. You lose a one point game to the Heat, which I mean, in my opinion, was bullshit. But hey, you know. Whatever team goes forty for forty from the free throw line. I mean, what you know, it is what it is. But then you turn around and you hammer the the Sixers. You know, you beat the Nets, um, and then of course they beat the Pacers last night. I mean, they're just playing really great basketball, and it's a lot of fun. And the thing about it is, Shea has been unbelievable. I think if I'll say, I think if the Thunder somehow find a way to get in the playoffs, Shea is a serious MVP candidate. But right now, too, it's not just Shea, man. Josh Giddy over yeah. his last, I think over his last 11 games, is like averaging 29-9. Um, the hire of Chip England as their shooting coach has, I mean, it couldn't be, it's, it can't be said enough about the uh, the job he's done with uh, these guys shooting-wise. Um, Josh Giddy, I mean, he's been unbelievable. I mean, his maturation from year one to year two has been very noticeable. Um, another guy that uh, has really stood out has been Jalen Williams, uh, the rookie out of uh, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, the first guy, uh, the second guy they got in their lottery picks. Um, unfortunately, we're still waiting for num- the first guy. Jeez. Which, by the way, uh, I don't know if you're getting more excited about waiting for this first guy to come and Chet Holmgren to join this crew because Chet with this team, I mean. I, I think next year, obviously we'll see what happens this year, but adding Chet and whatever they do, I think you have to go into next year thinking that the uh, Thunder are, are a playoff team. But, uh, I mean, Jalen Williams has been nothing short. I think right now he ranks as the third-best rookie uh, from this uh, recent draft. I mean, the dude's averaging uh, – I mean, he's averaging, what, 12, he's averaging about 12 points a game. But he's the last, I think his last 10, I think he's averaging around 15, either 16 to 18 points. I mean, he's just been a really great third option for them. And then, you know, they, even without a center, they're using these different lineups. I mean, Mark Dagnall has been has done an incredible job. I mean, he has to be an early case coach of the year uh, for them. It's just been a lot of fun to watch, man. I mean, they've, uh, they've really shown out. I mean, Shea... Is I mean, right now the argument with Shea, I think you have to put in is like, should he be an all-star starter? In my opinion, yes. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's definitely an all-star. But I just think it, the right now for the Thunder, it's just an incredibly bright time. And, you know, I'm hoping the crowd really starts getting more involved. You know, the, the attendance starts really going up. Because um, it's a lot of fun to watch this uh, Thunder team right now because they're doing a lot of really good things. I mean, I think it goes back to saying that. I think Presti's done it again. Yeah. No, I mean, from the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. I mean, that's it looks like continue to to get the most out of what they have. 
um, and and really soak up all the talent that is in these guys and really get them to produce the the most out of them. Uh, you know, a guy like Shea, um, obviously very talented, but it just seems like he's going to that next level. He is. And, he's, I think he is taking that ne- that next step, and that's awesome to see, man. Because I, you know, we've talked about it. You know, the, the, the difference between a superstar and a star and a all star and all this stuff. And I, he really is um, moving that direction to be like, dude. He he is. He is definitely him. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I definitely get yeah, that phrase. Gets, you know, gets can't get used enough. But uh, I mean, and then you look at the schedule they have. I mean, I think they have. I think they have like the fifth or sixth easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, things are right now. They're sitting in ninth place, which would be they'd be in a playing game. Um, so I mean, it's going to be interesting, and because you get to the trade deadline this year, you have to. It's going to be interesting what Presty does, because is Presty going to go in and, or is he going to keep the team the same and not really want to do you know any much or is he going to start maybe parting away with some of those assets yeah and maybe get them a piece that they could use which for me is a stretch four um they need a good uh you know power forward who can you know stretch the court um so it's going to be interesting to see i i you just can't be more excited i mean again after watching OU go through the season they went through, you know the Cubs, <laughs> you know doing what they do. Even though I've been pretty excited about what they've done this off season, um, but to watch the Thunder and watch this young core really grow up right before your eyes—I mean, it's been a lot of fun. No, it really is, man. And this was obviously a tough period for the Thunder going through all this. I mean, it's weird to go all these guys you you were watching grow up to them all being gone. Uh, you know, starting over and going through the rebuild and all that, and and now we ha- here we are for the first time really getting to see a, a nice glimpse of what it's all been for. Yeah, and um, it's cool, man. It really is cool, and you just hope that we can uh, continue to move forward and uh, you know make some noise. Yeah, I agree, and I mean, uh, it's just it's now become like you know I would check you know you check your phone, but now it's just like. If they're on, now it's like maybe like trying to find time to watch games. Mm-hmm. Definitely keep an eye on the phone. You know, obviously you're busy because, I mean, they are. Uh, I think they're going to make some noise down the stretch in the West. I mean, I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying they're going to win the West, but I definitely think they can make a make a run at getting one of those uh, top eight spots, and uh, you know, becoming a playoff team this year. Yeah. It, it reminds me of that first playoff run. In a way that they got when they first moved here, mm-hmm. but they, I mean they lost the Lakers in the first round. But that first run, it kind of reminds me a bit of that. That's cool, and the excitement of that. And Very of course, nice. you have now your your star superstar leading the way. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. Awesome, man. Now I'm definitely going to catch a game here soon because it is. I, I do want to get back on board here before it's too late. I want to be. Oh, you weren't with us when we were losing. I was like, yeah, I was. I was just cheering against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wanted the top pick. Yeah, so, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, no, um, but yeah, it, 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 it is fun. Whoa. <laughs> Don't know how that happened. All right, Siri. Uh, let's finish up some entertainment, man. Um, I know you said you didn't have a ton. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, I have been watching some movies here recently. Sweet. Um, I checked. I, first, I checked out the, new, uh, the newest, at this point, Scream movie. 
I had not seen it. Oh, cool. Um, they came out with the new uh, trailer for the I was going to say, which I saw that was coming, so I was like, I want to go ahead and get in on that and uh, watch that. And I thought it was really good. I, I was actually pretty impressed. Obviously, a little cheesy at times. You oh, know, there's, sure. there's some stuff to that, which... And, and I'm completely okay with that. With They almost played with the idea of like, oh, your typical scary movie. And, and they made jokes with it and everything like that. And I enjoyed that. Enjoyed them bringing everyone back. It was cool to see that. Some surprises in it too, which was which was nice. Yeah. Um, so overall, I, re- I really did enjoy it. It, so. was a, it was a fun time at the movies last year to, watching that. And uh, you know, watching the new trailer. Act, new trailer came out today and watching it. Um, this this new one seems it seems a little different. Yeah, seems a little meaner. Really, a little darker. Than I the, I could tell that they were starting to do that in this this past one too. Yeah, it was getting a little more gruesome and more uh yeah really angry yeah uh feeling towards it and so I I could definitely see that going. I have not seen the trailer yet. It has been a a day, so sure. I've not had the moment to chill and uh, check out some stuff. So we'll look at that, but um. And the, right after that, I followed that up with watching Smile for the first time. What'd you think of that? And you know what? It was it was pretty good. I I, I didn't love it, but I also thought it was very creative. Uh, some of the scenes are very creepy. Yeah, no kidding. And, and uh, I thought they did a good job with it. I mean, it was definitely not not a waste of time. I it, thought last year was actually a pretty good year for horror movies. Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm saying. It, it, overall, like I could rate that as a as a worth worth seeing. Yeah, I agree with you. I went and saw that one as well. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a fun. I, you know, a, you know, I thought it was a good horror movie. I thought it was a unique take. Um, you know, uh, good concept. Um, you know, it was you know, like I said so much of this stuff isn't so much scary as it is just creepy. And so, it, I mean, it had a lot of creep factor to it, and uh, I enjoyed that. But yeah, no, I thought it was a good time with the movies. I, I agree, man. Um, for me, I, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot, you know, so far. Uh, you know, uh, most of the stuff, I, newest stuff, I, I talked about last time we were on pod. But uh, you know, uh, the last couple of weeks, actually, I've been getting caught up on Better Call Saul. Oh, okay, I uh, finished season four and season five. Of course, I uh, have AMC Plus, so I'm like, all right, so I can go right into season six. No longer on season six, and apparently I gotta wait till spring for it to hit Netflix. So AMC Plus will be getting dropped from the uh, rotation because uh, I have no other use for it. But <laughs> gotta say, one, it made me miss Breaking Bad. Did it? Uh, so I'm gonna have to really, I'm thinking about restarting Breaking Bad again. But uh, two, uh, you know, obviously I. Tried not to get spoiled spoiled on stuff from the last few seasons on like online or anything, but I had seen the one where they said it does really start entering into Breaking Bad style territory, and it does. I mean, season four has got some good stuff, but season five really starts taking that step. Um, the introduction of the new uh, Salamanca, Lalo Salamanca, mm-hmm. uh, dude's, dude's different, man. I mean, he, I think he's, I mean, he's about the closest thing to get into that Gus Fring territory of villain because he's just he's different but at the end of the day he, should, he is a just a cold-blooded killer um, and it's good uh, but uh, you know Bob Odenkirk is great I think I think the biggest thing for me is now I'm having a very serious debate who's the third best character in the Breaking Bad universe between Mike and uh, Saul yeah because Mike has got so many good parts in this oh, yeah. this show 
um, that uh, it really it, you just really wonder if you know where he places, and I think it is probably third for me behind obviously Walter and Jesse, um, and then the other one that deserves all is uh, uh, Kim Wexler. She's awesome. I mean, there are times she actually does steal the show. Um, but overall, I mean, it's a great show. I mean, you don't see too many spinoffs that are this successful. And this one has really taken that, like, that step. I mean, it is, like I said, Breaking Bad, for me, is the kind of mecca. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, this is definitely stepping in great territory. I like it, man. No, for sure, uh... It's one I've always wanted to be, int- uh, you know, get into, and I just never have. Um, I loved Breaking Bad, man. It was, it's definitely a top three show for me. Uh, just haven't ever, ever taken the plunge. So it's the this is I just couldn't think of a better time to get caught up binging it. Um, now I because now January there's a few things I want to go see. I do want to go see that new Gerard Butler movie, Plane. Yeah, it's gotten pretty good reviews. Um, and then there's a few other movies from last year that I've been wanting to check out, but I just, you know, I wanted to do the dive. I wanted to get in there because I'm now trying to get caught up on, I finished Tulsa King, which I thought was very entertaining. Um, I'm trying to get, I'm getting caught up on 1923, which I like so far, but I really wanted to get caught up on Better Call Saul. So, um, and I got that done and now it's fortunately, I got to wait to watch season six. So that sucks, but you know, still great show. Well, good man. Now I've been checking all sorts of different stuff out, so I am kind of in the market for a new show. Um, uh, Tulsa King has been one of those ones that we've talked about trying to try out. Haven't haven't done it yet. Um, gonna probably go ahead and finish um, uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. See, that's that's another one I First, have on my list. I, I'm on episode four on that, and it's just intriguing enough to keep me keep me going. Um, kind of like oh, I got it. well. Got to see how this plays out. So, um, interesting to see how that all plays. And then after that, yeah, definitely in the market for a new show. So we'll see. Tulsa King's up there. Like I said, I've thought about doing that. And uh, and just go to find – Seinfeld has worked its way back in the rotation. See, I that's <laughs> my thing is like I've been sitting here just trying to watch a bunch of new stuff. And I'm like – I just constantly go back like – before you shut up here, I was watching Justified. Yeah, which see. I'm trying to get. I'm getting my mind right for Justified because the new limited yep. series is coming out on Hulu this year, which I cannot wait for. Oh yeah, um, I'm still pissed, man. I never finished it. Oh, dude, you won't. yeah. But put that. that on as I say, because you're right. That to me would be Breaking Bad would be number one. Justified would be number two for me, and then I gotta. I think I gotta go Sopranos at three if I did a top three, but. uh Dude, I mean, it's it's so. I mean, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, but uh, getting ready for that. But I just find myself, like I said, I'm sitting here talking. I'm talk after watching Better Call Saul. I'm like, I'm talking to myself and let's go. I gotta get. I gotta watch Breaking Bad again. Yeah. Like, and then of course I I still gotta watch Andor. No, like, right. I I haven't started it. I haven't watched and, an episode. And I've heard that's like people kind of like how we talked about Rogue One. They said Andor's like literally the best Star Wars property. Since probably the, like the original three. Well, there you go. We've got a lot to watch. Um, it is kind of a good part of the year to really get into your binge watching and everything like that because football starts ending. Uh, you know, basketball is kind of in a, a weird in-between to yep. where it's like you're getting excited about things, but at the same time it's still kind of these games, not that they don't mean anything, but you got a lot of guys sitting out still. 
oh, yeah. know, load management stuff and all that. So uh, great time to hop into uh, some shows and all that. Uh, but, looks like uh, Dion just flipped the number one cornerback. Of course he from, did. For Miami. Wow. Um, yeah, just flipped him. So he's now with uh, Colorado. Which, by the way, I know we we stepped away from the uh, – which, by the way, it also – with that, Miami dropped out of the top, went to number five. So OU now has a top four class. Hey. So uh, – but uh, uh, they did show Colorado's first uh, – Yeah, I saw schedule. that. Yeah, brutal. Um, I was going to mention that earlier, but I was like, ah, oh, we could talk about that later because, yeah, that's a, not an easy first five games. No, I mean – I mean, to be quite honest with you, I mean – I, it's very interesting to me to see how people will, are going to react because I I fully I look at that and I'm like with the talent they have I mean they they brought talent in I mean Colorado to me is a four and eight team yeah I don't know I don't think that I, I mean six and six at the very yeah, best really getting yeah everything out of those guys yeah you know and I I, I where I kind of disagree and and I hate the mindset and this is why the transfer portal. Is got to get some restrictions and stuff like that. Is you know, I I heard Dion talking about like I don't have time to build. Like I we got to get this going right out the gate and everything like that. And it's just not realistic. No. And I think Dion's going to learn that, especially in D one, that you know it was easy to go to a small school and raise them up and get a bunch of you know good recruits in there and make that quick change. Sure. Um, and with it. With the portal, I mean, you can't. We've seen Michigan State do it. We saw USC do it. Yeah. Uh, that it can be done where you, you really turn a program that quick. But we're talking about a guy who's taking his first big job, a, uh, a Colorado team who, I mean, there is a reason why they needed a coach. Uh, that that The talent level on that team I, I'm not blown away no, with. Um, I think it is going to take some building before they are – in relevance, and I mean, um, here's the thing: you look at the, what they brought in, which they brought some. They brought obviously they brought some good. They brought his son in. They brought Travis Hunter in. They yeah. just flipped Kamani McLean. Um, but I mean, again, the the we, we got to see this this staff develop. Yeah, exactly. And again, here's the thing: that takes time, man. This will be one of the first times I think we're saying in a while. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be a slouch this year. Well, and that's what I was going to say. We were just sitting there talking about teams. I mean, you mentioned Washington. Of course, I mentioned USC. Oregon's going to be back to right with the right there. Uh, Utah brought, brings back their quarterback. I mean, there's just a lot going on there where it's like the the, the freaking Pac-12 is. I think the Pac-12 might be the five conference. Yeah, I mean, arguably the comfort conference next year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. So, um, yeah, we didn't even mention UCLA. I, I mean, mean, so it's just like, yeah, I mean, geez. I mean, Arizona, he's got his, Arizona's going to be tough yeah. for them next year. Arizona State with Kenny Dillingham taking over. He's I mean, got his he, hands full. I mean, I I just don't see – I don't see where Colorado may not be the worst team again in the, in the Pac-12. Yeah. No, I'm dude, I'm telling you. I, I just don't – I like Dion in a lot of ways. He's really kind of grown on me a little bit with um, him going on to uh, uh, Barstool and getting to know him a little bit more. But a part of me is also like I really don't like the approach he's taking about some of this. And I just think a lot of people need to pump the brakes yeah. on on Colorado because I mean they. It seems like people are expecting Colorado. I mean, just at the front, like eight and four and seven and five next yeah. year. I don't. I mean, yeah. Show me those dude, wins. Show me those yeah. wins. I mean, the TCU. I mean, I mean we we didn't really talk much about TCU. Obviously, that's a title game. I think TCU's done some really good stuff in the uh, transfer. Oh, portal. for sure. 
Um, I think they uh, they have recruited pretty well. I mean, TCU is TCU is going to be good next year. I mean, and they have to go to TCU. By the way, they get Nebraska at home. Matt Rule's killing it right now. Yeah. Um, to me, that I I mean, again, show me where they show me five wins. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. Great way to finish the episode because yeah, that is some pretty big news there. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll dive into some more later. But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up, guys. We appreciate you listening. Um, make sure you follow us on social media at your mom's favorite threesome on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, out there posting a lot of things. Want to make sure you guys are getting involved in that and uh, keeping up with everything we got going. But other than that, guys, you guys enjoyed this great weekend of football, and we'll catch you later. See you later, guys. Uh